Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Good morning, everybody. Glad to see you. Glad to be here. Um, my family's been going through some sickness this week. I'm better now, thank God. Jessica's at home with Livy right now. How many of you guys have been struggling with sickness lately or in your family or whatever? Just, just a few, few of you have been. Why don't we pray real quick because it seems like there's stuff going around and um, I just want to I just want to pray for healing and for protection on that. Can you guys stand with me real quick, if you're able? <clears throat> I'm gonna pray for that and then and then just pray for God to come on us too. Lord, um, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for taking um, sickness and pains upon your body, Lord, on the cross by your stripes. We have been healed. Hallelujah. By your stripes, we have been healed. And so I just declare that over us right now in the name of Jesus. Healing. I pray for anybody who's suffering sickness. I know there's some people at home this morning because of that. Um, Lord, just release healing on them. I pray for divine health, divine protection on every person so that sickness won't come to them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God, we, we live in a superior kingdom. Lord, and, and we don't have to suffer the things from this fallen planet, God, and just help us to understand that more. But, but Lord, I also pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you'll fall on every person in the room right now. Anybody watching online, listening online, fall on us now, Holy Spirit. I, I just want to call on you and your spirit, the, I'm talking about you people <laughs> and your spirits right now. Um, just to become attentive to God, attentive to his presence. Let him come touch you now. Holy Spirit, fall on us. We give you our attention. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you. We need you. Thank you, Lord, that, you, that when you come, you clear the atmospheres off of us. Lord God, the, the stuff that we carry in from the world, Lord, you lift it and wash it off. I ask you to do that now for anybody, Lord, who has burdened hearts, burdened minds, in Jesus' name. Lift it, Lord. Let every person in here counter your presence and your closeness right now. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Um, uh, Just a a quick plug on the Backland weekend. I want to tell you guys, like, it's always a big deal when he comes. Um, he brings so much kingdom goodness, and it's always an impartation. It's always a, it's always an upshift in the spirit with what God's doing here, and so I, I think that everybody should be like getting your faith revved up and excited about him coming. Um, and you know, it's Friday night at Vineyard. It's Saturday here, and then Sunday here. Don't just come and bring people. I wanna. I would love to pack the place out. Not just to honor him, but so that we can have the biggest impact that he's bringing from Reading 
to drop into our midst right here in our region. Amen? Awesome. And, and also, I want to ask you to be praying for that. Also, please be praying for me because a week from tomorrow, I'm flying to Reading for a week to go to a, a leaders' summit. I'm excited about that. Um, thank you. <laughs> I'm excited because it's always a, a time of refreshing um, and impartation. It's a time to recalibrate um, just in the culture of where we come from, but, it, but it's also a reconnection with the family that we come from, and that's our spiritual covering and so we're, we're going, I'm going there. I'm actually going alone this time, but um, I'm going to be with my peeps over there. I'm excited about it. So I'd love to ask you guys to be praying for me to get everything I have for it. It's not just for me, it's for you. Like, I, it, it's actually, we value these trips for me and when Jessica can go, but not just for us. It's for the church. It's for what we're doing here. It's a, it brings upgrades. So I want to ask you guys to be praying and pray kind of a selfish prayer, too, Pray that you will get benefits off of this, and that everybody else will. Amen? Are you guys doing good this morning? Are you awake? Yeah, are you hungry for Jesus? More kingdom? I, I wanted to, I, Karen's not here right now, but I wanted to acknowledge her and Jessica, who also is at home, <laughs> but they, they created this new banner over here, and I think that's awesome. We had the nativity one up before, and we finally got out of the Christmas season. <laughs> but I love it because it, it shows a picture of the cross and then the empty tomb. And that's the centrality of everything in the kingdom of God is the cross, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, but, you know, it quotes that verse that we say all the time, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why don't you guys repeat that with me? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that's the mantra of what we're here to do and to, and to pursue, amen? So that's what we're all about. We're, we really believe that, um, that Jesus um, commissioned his disciples, and as he was leaving to go back to heaven, he was commissioning the disciples to carry that mandate into the earth and to, to literally partner with heaven and see heaven come to earth, Amen. And so we've been, we, we've been talking a lot about God's version of the church and, and upgrading our belief systems and perspectives on what the church really is because it's not, it's not a, meant to be a religious institution. It's meant to be the family of God and, and the carriers of God's kingdom together. Amen? So you guys, I'm going to invite you guys to work with me today. Let, let your spirit get lit on fire and turn your passion, your hunger on. In with you, got to choose to do that, and lay hold of it, and and also like just engage. I, I I like when I when I'm feeling the engagement of the people because it it I don't want this just to be a lecture. I want it to be a we're we're doing this together kind of a thing. Does that make sense? All right. Uh, why don't you turn your Bibles to Acts one? I don't know if we. I, I, we're, he has it starting at verse 7. I didn't tell him I'm actually going to start on verse 6. Sorry, Dennis. Um, if you guys want to look at the screen, you can. But I'm, I'm actually going to start on verse 6. And before I dive in, the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about partnering with heaven. And I've been talking about um, how the Lord wants to open the heavens. He wants to bring his glory. But he, and, and also there's this interaction with the angelic host that he's bringing the angels to partner with the church to build his kingdom. 
Has that been good for anybody in here? Yeah. Are, are you guys interested in just a little more of that? All right. How about a lot more of that? We'll see how much we get through today. All right. I, I'm not done, though. I, <clears throat> last week, um, I had things I wanted to say, and the Holy Spirit took me in different places. But it actually was good because it was building kind of foundations on, on the more for this. So, plus, he's God and I'm not. So, his plan's better than mine. I know sometimes we don't know that, but it's true. All right, verse 6. Therefore, I was joking, by the way. We always know that God's plan is better. Therefore, when they had come together, this is right before Jesus was about to ascend to heaven. Uh, when they came together, they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And before I proceed, I just want to pause on that and just make a couple of statements here that but the, the God's people on the earth in that season of time didn't really quite get what God's plan was, okay? They didn't understand this whole thing about your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They didn't understand what God's view was of that. They still were perceiving that, that his plan was to raise up an earthly kingdom, that it would be God's kingdom, but through humans, and that he was going to raise up Israel to be a, a kingdom with its own king again, like in the Old Testament, and then overtake Rome, the, that was kind of leading the, everything at that time. They thought that, that there's going to be a an earthly kingdom gets set up under God's name to shift everything and get it back under their control. That's what they thought, but we know differently, right? Now that, now that we can have hindsight of the scripture, which they didn't have yet, Jesus had been trying to teach this to them. But he said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has planned. I just want to say this, that um, the Lord was trying to help shift their perspective trying to shift away from earthly thinking about what he wants to do in this world, shift it into spiritual thinking to, to get away from this concept that we're, we're going we're gonna to overtake earthly kingdoms and dominate that to, to instead shift in it. His strategy was not political. It wasn't earthly governmental. It was heaven coming into our midst. And Jesus even said, repent, for the kingdom of God is in your midst. Amen? And part of repenting means that you've got to shift away from the way you were thinking. Shift away from the way you're functioning. Get, a, get away from the old ways to, to align with God's value systems. Repent from the old, come into alignment with him. And, and so he's saying, repent, get away from this human effort, okay, Shift into what he came to do. The kingdom of heaven is in your midst. It's a different kingdom. It's a different approach. It's a different method, okay? And so he, he was not trying to raise up a, a political force, a, an earthly governmental force, but the kingdom of God. He was actually getting ready to give birth to the church, okay? So his mission was not governmental earthly level. It wasn't political. It was kingdom of heaven coming, all right? He wasn't trying to just come and, and identify the problems of the world. 
He was coming to bring the solution to the brokenness of all mankind. Hallelujah. All right. I just want to move on from that because as he's saying, the way that you thought it was going to be, that's not what we're focusing on. Instead, verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. So he's like, you know, let, let's, that, that is earthly thinking, that's low-level thinking, that's missing the mark, that's not what's actually going to change humanity. It's not, you, your idea of getting a, an earthly, holy government is not going to actually set the captives free. It might set you free from political things, all right? And, and Rome, by the way, was, was evil, like, they were killing people. They were worshiping false gods, trying to enforce a, a culture on people. All right? But God's strategy was to, not to come to, to try to change politics, but to bring kingdom into the earth so that he could use that to, to break through darkness and set the captives free from demonic shackles. Amen? Are you guys with me? Okay. So I just wanted to shift that focus here, that, that he, he wasn't coming in focusing on the, the affairs of the world, he's coming in focusing on the affairs of heaven, okay? So he wants to establish the good things of heaven, the things of light, not the things of darkness. He brings light into darkness, and he'll, he'll crush Satan where the kingdom shows up. Is there anybody in here that agrees with me so far? All right. Thank you. All right. So, so he is saying the kingdom is going to start where you're at, but it's, it's an expanding force. I'm going to expand my kingdom through you. It's going to start small, but it's going to grow outward. It's going to grow from home base to region to surrounding regions to the ends of the earth. We've been talking about this for weeks now. All right, but I want to I go from there because we've been talking about verses 9 through, through 11. Now when he had spoken these things, when they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And we've talked about how I believe, you can believe what you want, I believe that cloud was actually the Shekinah glory cloud. The, 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 he entered into the glory that he laid down when he came to this earth through humanity. And he's coming back into glory, and the glory was a portal from earth to heaven. It's the, it's the opening of the other dimension coming into our dimension. It's the merging of heaven and earth. It's that right there. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's opening glory. He's merging the two realms. Jesus passes from one realm to the other. This is what I believe. And then all of a sudden, there's two angels standing there, right? While they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. That's two angels. And they said to, him, said to them, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who is taken from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. All right? So this is the second time that the Bible records that disciples of Jesus Christ actually saw angels. Okay, the first one was the women that went to the tomb. You guys follow me? All right, so I, I, I suggested to you guys what I believe, 
the, the, the glory opened from one realm to the other. Jesus passed through from, heaven, from, from earth to heaven, being seated at the right hand of the Father again. And angels show up. Perhaps those angels came through the same gateway. I believe that. Could be wrong, but that's what I believe. But the point that I wanted to make with all of this is that what Jesus was about to do through the church, to, to birth the church on the day of Pentecost by pouring out the Holy Ghost, opening the heavens, dumping on them the biggest outpouring of the Holy Spirit this world had ever seen, bringing them into a place, a, a new way of life, where a bunch of people were about to get born again from earth, earth realm to God's realm, sons and daughters of the Most High God, amen? And that the Lord was about to break forth this new thing, a new kingdom on earth was about to begin expanding through his church. Hallelujah. And, and the, the point that I want to make with that cloud of glory and the angels is that this is the beginning of when the heavens are open upon the people of God and the, and the angelic starts showing up. Come on. All right, guys. I'm going to keep pressing in with faith right now. Because you guys are just sitting there looking at me, and I'm believing, believing. We're going somewhere. Angels are so important. We do not worship them. I want to continue to say that in case anybody hasn't heard me say it. We do not worship angels. They're not our bosses. They're not our masters. Jesus Christ is our master. He's our Lord. He's who we worship. Amen? Amen. However, just like we need to love and honor one another and esteem one another highly, we should do the same thing with angels. Okay? Not in an unhealthy way, but in an in a honor kind of a way. Angels are anointed beings from heaven. Okay? So anytime the angels show up, they're on assignment from heaven. They're doing the right thing. They're obeying the Lord. They will never sin again. There's only a third of the angels that sinned one time a long time ago, and, and they've been pure and holy ever since, the ones who remained. Okay? So you've got to understand that when angels show up, they're, they're coming from the purity of heaven. There is no defilement in heaven. There's no compromise in heaven. There's no mixture of carnality and spirit in heaven. It's 100% the will of God all the time. So when angels show up, guess, what's, guess what they're bringing? The purity of heaven, the will of God, the works of the Lord. There they are, okay? We have to understand that, that when angels show up, they're here to do the works of the Lord, and God's doing things, and he's, if he's trying to bring heaven and earth into unity with each other, then we who are flesh beings... By the Spirit of God, we're also spirit beings too, right? And in the flesh realm, the, the sanctified flesh, I'll say, not, not, not talking about sinful nature stuff, we're partnering with one another as the ecclesia church. Jesus needs us to be his human flesh body on the earth inhabited by God in his glory. Boy, I'm saying good stuff. I hope you guys are at least taking it in right now, Okay. All right, so <laughs> the, when angels, when God sends angels to his church, it's heaven and earth coming together in agreement with each other. 
And so that's why it's important for us to have understanding at some level of the angelic realm because we need to know how we're partnering with heaven on earth. All right, God's, God's bringing his kingdom into our midst. He literally has dispatched and assigned angels from heaven on this earth to do the works of God. And if we can be in unity with each other, things happen that are crazy, powerful things. All right. Help us, Holy Spirit. My son David, who just turned 10, has, he, he's a seer in the spirit. He can see angels. He's seen Jesus. And I, and I mean, like, he actually sees them, okay? And I remember when he was a, a little toddler before he could really talk. I remember times in Reading putting him down to bed at night. And, and we would be engaging with each other, but I'm trying to use that father discernment. What the heck is he actually trying to say to me? Because he couldn't talk yet, right? But I could tell that he was acting the way he would if somebody else was in the room. And then he would be like looking at them, and you could see his eyes moving around. He'd be making noises and stuff as if he was interacting with a person. And I was like, the, the thing that was cool was when I would be like, trying to just soak with him at nighttime um, or just get in the presence with him at nighttime, I could feel beings in the room. I could literally feel that there was something present right there, right exactly where David was looking at. And there would be times when I would actually feel that thing move to another place in the room, and I watched David's eyes follow that thing over there. When he could start talking a little bit, he, he would say things, and I would start being able to piece the puzzle together a little bit, and, and it was confirmed to me that he was seeing an angel in the room. That's awesome. When he could talk even a little better, eventually he told me what the angel's name is, and the angel's name is Neil. Neil. N-E-I-L, not K-N-E-E-L, but Neil. And I was like, that's interesting. And the first time I heard it, I thought, don't know, I don't think he even knew that name. We don't have anybody in our life named Neil. And so, you know, I didn't know what to think until he repeated it so many times over the weeks. But you know what? I've looked up the meaning of the name Neil, and it means champion. <laughs> it means champion, and it means, um, it means passionate and I just found out today, because I looked at it again, it also means cloud. That's pretty crazy, because the cloud, right? The, the, there's, the, there's the glory cloud and the portals, right? But he's, his name's Neil, and I always knew that meant champion, but probably it's what people like to call a, a guardian angel. But he sees angels often, and, and sometimes he doesn't even think to pay attention to that. But when we talk about it, He's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should look. And then he looks, and he starts telling me about angels he's seeing. Just happened this morning on the way here. I was, like, I was like trying to encourage him to keep that gifting alive because if you don't exercise your giftings, we can get really numb to it and then lose complete connection to it, right? And the Lord wants us to steward what he's given us. And he was like, yeah, I probably, I probably don't think about him as often as I should. And I said, Maybe you should practice more often. He's like, yeah, maybe I probably should. Oh, I see them now. Today, this is today. He, he, he saw a whole bunch of angels walking 
on the sidewalk next to the road, and some were going that way, some were going that way. And they were looking at him, waving at him. <laughs> Isn't that cool? But I, I just want to say, like, there's more than meets the eye. There's more going on than you can tell from your human flesh. There's stuff in the spirit realm, and the Lord wants to tune our spiritual senses so that we can become more discerning, more aware. Okay? Hallelujah. We want to grow in our awareness of angels. What we don't want to do is get wacky, okay? Because it can get really wacky. If we're not careful, um, the, the, the demons try to dis disguise as angels of light. And so it's important to grow not only in the gift of discernment, but also in the knowledge of the word, because the word is the best discerner there is. And also with accountability with people who are ex experienced in these things. So important. The Bible says we know in part and we, and we prophesy in part. Okay? And so that means we don't get the whole thing. We could miss it. And if we're, if, if we're missing it too much, we can develop weird belief systems and have wacky encounters. So we want to keep things honed in with covering and accountability and scripture. But the Lord wants us to continue growing in this stuff in a healthy way. Thank you, Lord. I remember one time I had an intern in, in, at Reading, BSSM, and she, she, she's a huge, passionate believer for the wildest things, and that's awesome. That's what we want to see. But one time she told me that, um, that one of, another intern in the, in the internship program had prophesied to her. They, they said, I see that there are millions of angels that, that go with you everywhere you go, like there's millions of angels always with you everywhere you go. And boy, that just made her feel amazing. And I, I felt kind of bad that I, that I had to be a, a good mentor and burst her bubble because not even Jesus had that. <laughs> not even Jesus had that. He, he talked about how you know, he could call for legions to come down. That's like, a, that's like thousands, not millions, all right? He'd call for thousands of angels to come and rescue him, and they'd be there in a second. My point was, like, I wasn't trying to deflate her, but I think that that wasn't real. I, do, do I believe that that person saw angels? Probably. Yeah, I, I, do, I do believe in that. But sometimes people can get carried away, and, and things can get weird, it's like you're, you're putting yourself bigger than Jesus on that one. We need to keep things healthy, right? And, and my goal was not to deflate her, but it was to help bring her to more of an understanding of what truth is, because that's what accountability is for, okay? I, I, didn't, I did not take away that she has angels and that they're with her, okay? But I also tried to shift her perspective because she carried some kind of a false security with this concept that she's got millions of angels with her. And I, I tried to help her shift that. The, 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 the measure of security you feel in that, you should actually be able to get by the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? That, that helps bring things back in a recalibrated, healthy place. And then we can deal with the angels, but we got to do it 
rightfully and in truth. Amen? So that's why I'm saying, like, we just, we got to keep experiencing and practicing, taking risks, but do it with covering, do it with community, do it in alignment with the scriptures and stuff, and the Lord wants to continue growing us in this stuff, and the Lord will help us grow. Sometimes it might get weird. That's okay. We just don't want to stay weird. We want to mature in this stuff. Hallelujah. Angels came to support the apostles in the mission that God had for them to carry the mandate of Jesus and to help partner with Jesus in the establishing of his church. Okay, So, so Jesus trained them for all those years to minister the kingdom and to build the kingdom, to build the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, but, but I believe this, that he sent angels and he put the glory with them so that heaven could back up the work as they're preaching the gospel and training and equipping the saints. Heaven backing up the mandate. Can you imagine that? Like when you say yes to the Lord and the things he has for you, to believe that heaven will back you up. That makes things a little bit more powerful, doesn't it? Just a little more powerful? Or maybe infinitely more powerful. When we forget that heaven backs us up, we're on our own. <laughs> and we need to not do this stuff on our own. We need to understand God's in this with us. He's partnering. He's putting the momentum of heaven behind us as we're doing his works. Anybody getting encouraged at all? So the Lord, the Lord um, sent the angelic host of heaven to help establish the church. So they came to partner with the apostles and with the ecclesia that was being built, the family of God with a mission from heaven being built. There's partnership from heaven. So you, you, you need to get familiar with talking this kind of language. We co-labor with heaven. Okay, We're building... Heavenly alliances. I want you to think about that word, alliances. It's kind of, a, kind of a powerful word. The Lord wants to merge us, these earthly humans that we are that have been redeemed by the power of God, and then the angels' alliances together. That's powerful. And this is, this is part of how the government of heaven works. In heaven, there's hierarchies, there's leaders, there's... There's servants, there's warriors, there's armies with generals and captains and all that stuff. Like, it's the order and the government of heaven. And the Lord's trying to build the government of his church. Because when there's proper, healthy government of the church, healthy, I want to keep saying that word healthy, right? There's a lot of unhealthy. The Lord's trying to build healthy, powerful church with a healthy, proper government with, with alignment, when that happens, the angels know that, and when they see that, they're drawn to it because the, the, the governments of both realms become merged into one. I hope that you guys are catching stuff in this because this is what we're building with, okay? So we're building towards. God's trying to build holy principalities and powers on this earth. We, we need to be partners of the works of God. 
and the angels are the partners of the works of God. We cannot truly fulfill the Great Commission without His glory being manifested in our midst and the angelic hosts coming in and doing the things that they need to do. And, and then also, of course, the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of supernatural stuff that God's gifting to us that we can function from. By the way, this isn't stuff that He's given to us to function from sometime in the future. He's already given it to us. <laughs> like, like, you actually have the capacity, the invitation, and God's expectation to be tapping that realm even while you're sitting there listening to me right now. That's a call higher right there. Amen? Like, like it's, it's now. It's not later. It's now. Here. He's already done this. We miss it when we're not paying attention. We miss it when we're functioning from our soul and our body, but not prior, prioritizing functioning from our spirit man. Because your spirit man can engage with that at full capacity. And you determine if you're functioning from your spirit or letting your soul or your body overcome you. You guys hearing me? Okay. In John 1.51, Jesus was speaking to Nathaniel, and he said, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open. Everybody say, open heavens. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Open heavens. Angels coming, ascending and descending upon Jesus Christ. That's powerful. He, he said that to Nathaniel. I don't even know if Nathaniel's name was mentioned again. That's, like, that's a profound thing that he gave a guy who didn't have a big name in the Bible. You're going to see the angels ascending and descending upon me. And, and, and I said this, I think I said this last week, consider that picture of heavens open, angels of God ascending and descending upon Jesus in light of when Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Okay, Jesus building his church, and while he's building the church, angels are ascending and descending upon Jesus. Building his church. So when the Lord is building, guess what's happening? There's heavens open on the works of the Lord, and angels are ascending and descending on the works of Jesus. The church. Are you guys hearing me this morning? He's talking about that this is what he's doing in our midst as he's building overflow church even. The heavens are open and the angels are ascending and descending upon Jesus Christ in our midst. Holy Spirit, I ask you to peel off the layers of anything that would cause us to miss things in our spirits right now. To be able to see what you're saying and doing in this. Powerful stuff. And he, he said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be, bound, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's the works of Jesus through his church where gates of Hades will be crushed. They cannot resist the expansion of the kingdom of heaven. And it's Jesus doing his works, but he's doing it through his people. And everywhere he's doing this thing, 
the angels are ascending and descending upon Jesus Christ in our midst. The angels are in partnership with the works of Christ. He's building his church, crushing the gates of hell through his church. You guys hearing me? Satan loses his grip when the church shows up in the presence of Christ. The keys of the kingdom of heaven are released to us to bring heaven into earth everywhere we go. And we bind what Jesus has already bound in heaven. We loose what Jesus has already loosed in heaven. How do we do that? Because we're living from heaven to earth. We're bringing kingdom into the midst of this place. And in the whole time, it's the works of Jesus through us. And the heavens are open. And the angels are ascending and descending on the works of Christ through us. Boy, I pray that, pray that everybody gets this. You guys doing all right? You okay to go more? All right. Ephesians 1, I think it's coming up on the screen. We're going to do 19 through 23. This is Paul praying for the saints that God would open the eyes of our understanding to be able to understand the power, okay? Understand what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Everybody say resurrection. And seated at him at his right hand. Everybody say enthronement. Okay? In the heavenly places. So Jesus was raised from the dead. He ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father. That's exactly what they were looking at when those angels showed up. When they saw him ascend, right? This is what happened. Okay? But they saw him seated they saw him ascend, but he was seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named. Every demonic principality that has set up kingdoms on this earth. This is saying that Jesus was elevated above every single one. Every single one. He was lifted above every power, every might, every dominion. I was still back on that verse that you just passed. Thank you. Every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the, in the age to come. They all were, became below Jesus. He was lifted above every single one. So everything that you look at in this world, when you're watching the news or reading the, the, or the post or listening to your podcast, whatever the stuff is that is that is frustrating you that's going on in this world everything whether it's whether it's um, politics social justices whatever the stuff the, the the wars going on whatever the things are that are that, that bother us those those things have spiritual powers over them okay there's demonic principalities that are driving the evil forces in this earth. And, and we, can, we can get politically minded and, and see this stuff from the earth realm, the realm that Jesus said, that's not what we're focusing on here. 
okay? And we can come under that stuff because there's a third heaven, which is where Jesus is, the paradise. There's a second heaven, which is where Satan is the prince, the power of the air, and he sets up his domains. He sets up his principalities and his powers, his mights and dominions in the second heaven realm, okay? That's where he rules the earth in this first heaven realm that we live in. You guys see this, okay? So, so the, the corruption that's going on in this earth and the injustice and the evil and the, and, and the, the, the shackles, the, the, all, all the things that people are, are being oppressed with, guess which kingdom that stuff is driven by? Somebody tell me. Satan's kingdom coming from the principalities and the powers, the mights and the dominions, second heaven realm, all right? And if we are not careful as Christians, we can, we can live an inferior Christian life and function from earth trying to figure out how we can change things. And, and so, but then we're staying subjected to the powers in the second heaven realm. Those powers would be above us. Anybody follow me? But that is not the life that Jesus has called us to. Does that mean that we shouldn't do things here to try to affect change? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we, we don't want to be subjected to that realm. We don't want that to be all-consuming if we stay there, we are actually functioning from our own strength because we don't have where the powers of God are actually coming from. We're functioning in our realm, not his realm. But, but I love what this is going to say here. Jesus has been lifted up far above all principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named. He was lifted above all that stuff. That stuff is hanging out in the second heaven realm. Jesus went way past that. He is superior to all of these things. Guess what? Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's above all. Let's give him glory for a moment. Let's tell him how, how much we love the fact that he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is the real stuff. All right? Now let's move on to verse 22. Can you pull that up, Dennis? All right. And he put all things, everybody say all things, under his feet. Look at that. All things, all those principalities and powers and dominions and every name that is named in the second heaven realm and the first heaven, which is the earth realm, all of that stuff, even the, the things that are driving the spirit of this world, all under Jesus' feet. It's, he's not even wading through it. He's walking on top of it. You hear me? put all things under his feet, and gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church. Next verse. Dennis. <laughs> Which is his body. Who is his body? The church. The, the who? The, the church? 
You mean the thing that people have belittled and think is not powerful and is not the right thing that God tried to design? It says the church. All right? The church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Hallelujah. The church is the fullness of him who fills all in all. It doesn't look like it yet, but we are on our way. Amen? This is saying that Jesus was lifted above. He, was, he ascended beyond every power. And everything was put under his feet. And he's the Lord. He's the king of everything. It's all under him. It's all in, sub, in subjection to him. He is more powerful than everything. He's already conquered Satan when he died and he went into the tomb. Guess what? He kicked the devil's butt up and down the street. He knocked his teeth out, and he took the, the keys of authority of this earth back, and Jesus holds the keys in his hand, and he has the authority. Hallelujah. And I told you guys last week, the only authority that the devil has in this world is that which we give to him, because we choose that. But it doesn't mean he should have it, so it's our job to take it back. So we need to understand that, that Jesus was lifted above all. Everything was put under his feet. And then who, who's his body? It's us. The church. The church. The, the unified collective family of God. His body. And if we're part of his body, that means we're not even under his feet. Because the feet is part of who we are. That means that he actually has made the body, which includes his feet, that's us, even us, even we, have been lifted above every principality and power and dominion. Reckon? Okay. Was that the last verse in that set? Okay, I, I, I realized that I think I want to... Carry on for a moment here, so this isn't up there, but it goes on from verse 23 in chapter 1, it goes right into chapter 2, verse 1, it continues, where Jesus had been resurrected, and Jesus has been ascended, and then he was seated in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father, above all things, he was lifted above every principality and power and dominion and might that's in this earth put under his feet, and we're the body of Christ, it goes on, it says, and you he made alive. That means we used to be dead in trespasses and sin. We were dead before, but we were crucified with Jesus on the cross, and if we believe, we've been born again, which means we've also been resurrected with Jesus Christ. Amen? So verse 2, it says, in, in which you, all, you once also, oh man, I'm twisting my words, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You guys hear that? The prince of the power of what? The air. Second heaven realm. Okay? That's where the devil hangs out. That's where he builds his kingdom from and tries to dominate this earth. Okay? But this says that we used to walk according to that. So when we're not connected with the truth of what Jesus has done through the cross, burial, and resurrection, 
We're actually living an inferior life to what God has for us. And, we, and it puts us into the bondage of the second heaven realm, the prince of the power of the air. You hear me? For the devil only has the power that we give to him, okay? And we can give it to him by not believing the truth of what God's already given to us. Am I going over people's heads right now? Verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. That's, that's what happens with people who are living, functioning from this world. Okay? But it's different. It's different for us if we've been born again. Okay? Because there's verse 4. But God. Everybody say, but God. Come on. We were in bondage, but God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, what did he do? He made us alive together with Christ. He made us alive. We were dead, but he made us alive. That's called a resurrection. Can you guys make a declaration with me right now? I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in this flesh body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. The Lord wants us to understand that we've died to sin and we've died to this world. In Christ Jesus, we were tr- we were literally fused into the f- the crucified body of Jesus on the cross, so that He could break and disarm off all the power of sin and sinfulness that we had. We died. Everybody said, "I've died. I died to sin. I died to this world. It's no longer who I am. I, I came into Christ." And he resurrected. I came into the resurrection of Christ. I have been born again. He gave me a new life. A life in Christ. In his resurrection. Hallelujah. That's awesome. you got to know this, all right? But God, okay, verse 5, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. He resurrected me from the dead. In Jesus, it's not my resurrection, it's his resurrection. The resurrected Jesus Christ, the glorified, resurrected Christ, lives in me, and that he's become fused into union with me, with you. Hallelujah. The, the sin and the bondage and the corruption of this world that we were once imprisoned to, you, you died to that, and he, he extracted you out of that prison into his body, and then he, he resurrected and birthed you into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. That is powerful. Powerful. 
resurrected with Jesus Christ, died to that realm, birthed into this realm. Hallelujah. What realm are we talking about? Are we talking about something in the earth realm? Are we talking about the second heaven realm? Or what realm are we talking about? Let's continue. Verse 6, it says, and he raised us up together. All right, we've already been made alive, so that's resurrection. But now he raised us up. That's not talking about resurrection. That's talking about ascension. Ascension. Because we just read it in the last chapter that Jesus, by the power of God, was raised from the dead. And he was seated at the right hand of the Father because he ascended out of this earth zone and, was, and entered back into the heaven realm seated at the right hand of the Father, all right? And this says that he raised us up with him. That means we have ascended in Christ. You died with Jesus, you resurrected with Jesus, and whether you believe it or not, or it feels like it or not, that's actually irrelevant to what God knows he already's done. You have been ascended with Christ. These are the keys to the kingdom that I'm talking about right now. We, if, we, if we measure what our reality is by what we feel in this fallen world, we're functioning from the soul and we're functioning from our body realm. And that is inferior and it will lie up and down everywhere you go. I'm not telling you the truth. Your spirit is who you actually really are. And Jesus made you born again if you've been saved. Born again, new spirit, new nature, new kingdom. Your spirit is connected to a kingdom that your body does not understand. Hallelujah. So he has, we've been raised up with Jesus. Everybody said, I've been ascended with Jesus. And it, and it says, he made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How many of you guys are in Christ? Have you been born again? You're in Christ. This is saying that, that you've been made to be seated in the heavenly places at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. You've been crucified, you've been buried with Jesus, you've been resurrected with Jesus, you've ascended with Jesus, you're enthroned with Jesus in Christ. This is the core power of the gospel of the kingdom of God. You guys catching this? So if we've been ascended, raised up with Jesus and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ, where does that place us? Because we, our bodies, we're walking around on this earth, first heaven realm, right? This realm is dictated by stuff going on in the second heaven realm, okay? That's where principalities and powers are. That's where Satan is the prince of the power of the air, right? But, but Jesus was ascended above all that in past the second heaven seated in the third heaven, paradise of God, at the right hand of the Father, and he brought us right into that with him. And we're seated. Guys, listen, we need to understand that the Lord, he's trying to awaken us in the spirits to a reality that is far beyond what we're used to walking on as Christians in this earth. Far beyond. 
Like when God looks at you and he sees who you truly are and, and you look at who you are and you think you know who you are and you feel like you know who you are and the Lord's like, that's actually not even close to who you really are. And, and it says in Romans 8 that the, the, all of creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed in his glory. That, that is, like God is waiting for us to come into the revealing that we know who we are, that we know that we're sons and daughters of God, that we are connected with him in the heavenly places, and that in the spirit we, we, we live from that realm and then we live into this earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Anybody getting anything I'm saying right now? Okay. The Lord is, is trying to call us higher. He's trying to help us to understand things that he knows is reality beyond what we feel like is reality. Okay? So, so when we understand that we've been grafted into Christ, okay, and that, and that we have raised from the dead with him, we've ascended with him, We've been seated in the heavenly places in the paradise of God at the right hand of the Father in Christ. Like literally, you, in the spirit, if you look to your left, there's Yahweh. It's so real to him. We've got blinders that try to tell us other things, but God's trying to break the blinders off. He's trying to show us truth. He's trying to, when you know the truth, the truth makes you free. When he's revealed, we become more like him. It's not that it's not, that it's not real. It's that we just don't get it, and so we're limited to the perception of what we're functioning from. God's trying to elevate us to new places of understanding and manifested lives. If you're, if you're hearing me today from soul and body level, your spirit's not clicked in, I, I plead with you to get the podcast later and ask the Holy Spirit to take it deep and keep listening to it. You have to get it at the spirit level. Make sense? But if we understand that we've been union, like made in union with Jesus through that, then we've got to go back to Ephesians 1, go back, thank you, I didn't know you pulled that up there. Go back to the Ephesians 1 passage I had. <clears> okay. <throat> hey. That one. Yeah, we'll start there. I want you guys, now that we see that, there's the union of us in Christ, experiencing these things with him, put yourself in this picture with Jesus, all right? The power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Keep going which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, okay? He raised Jesus and you, right? Okay, well, let, let's, I'm going to have you guys do some declaring because I want you to get this. We're, since we have those passages in, in Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, now we're going to add us into this too so we can get perspective. So I want you guys to repeat with me, all right? I want you to repeat after me. 
which he worked in Christ when he raised him and me from the dead and seated him and me at his right hand in the heavenly places. Next verse. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, that's Jesus and me. You getting this? Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Next verse. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is us. Say it, which is us. Okay, you got to see this. It's his body was resurrected and ascended and put above all things. All things. And he put all things under his feet, which is part of his body. And he said, we are his body. So he literally has put us above these things in him, too, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I need us to understand this, that the Lord has actually positioned us in him above all the things that try to rule this world. And, and he's not wanting it to be a bunch of lone rangers trying to do this stuff. He said it is his body, which is his church. So it's the collective family of God. It's the unit of the whole coming together in unity. That is the body of Christ. And that is what he's positioned to be superior over every principality and power that's on this earth. Hallelujah. And so we need to understand that we, as individuals, have, have been grafted into the body of Jesus that was crucified and then resurrected and then ascended and then seated in heavenly places. That you as an individual, that's the work of the cross that he's done in your life. And it's far greater than anything you've ever even come close to believing yet. So as individuals who are positioned in that way together in heaven, he unifies us to become his body. And so we get to walk that out in the flesh. This is a flesh, this is an earth, tangible realm, and he's let his body not be raptured yet to where we're out of this place. He actually wants us here. Why would he still want us here? Because it's through the, the humanity that he can bestow the authority of heaven upon his people in a natural realm. So he actually is, he's actually given the authority of heaven to mankind, to man. All right, When he gave it to Adam and Eve, it's to man. It's human flesh with spirit of God inside. He's trying to, he's trying to merge the two realms, the earth realm, the heaven realm, into one so that when we walk this earth, we're actually carrying the authority and the power of heaven in this realm. So this, we live from the superior realm and we come into the inferior realm. And we're bringing heaven. And when we're doing the works of the Lord and we're in unity together as the church, guess what happens? All of heaven comes and it backs us up. Whoa. When we do it the way he sees it and the way he plans it, you get the momentum of heaven behind you. Come on. That's amazing. 
This is way bigger than I think that we understand. Like, I don't know that, that most of modern Christianity gets this stuff, but this is how God is trying to do it. And we're, we're trying to get us to understand these things. We're, we're not going to change the world through politics and voting and all those things. I'm not saying we don't do anything about it, but we don't want to come under that stuff and function from that level. We've got to come from the kingdom of God and know that we're coming from the spirit of God. So we're, we're not getting caught up with the political spirit. We're bringing heaven into it. And sometimes we do have to do things in that realm, all right? I get it. Like, I'm not trying to say that we're just going to keep our head in the clouds and not get focused on the things here, but we need to know which kingdom we're from, and it's not that one. Hallelujah. Why well, derailed from my notes? Hallelujah. <laughs> Boy, did I derail. That's great, because I get, got more to say next week. Kind of a gift from the Lord when that happens, because it's like he's like, hey, we're already covered, probably for the next month. <laughs> Is this stuff helpful? I hope. I hope. God has more that he's trying to do than what we can see. All right, the angel stuff is an important part of it. It's not the centrality of it. Really, why are angels important? Because, because they're the ministers of the kingdom of heaven. And that's what we want. So it's not about the angels. It's about the kingdom of heaven. And we're partnering with God coming into our midst. We do want to see this world change. But Jesus intends on doing it through the power of heaven, through his church. Not through natural means. Amen? Hallelujah. I, I, I'm wrapping up. I, I want us to start understanding this. I, I have so much I wanted to say. And I, I, I hope that the Lord will desire that maybe next week. But I, I want us to understand that when we know who we are and where our true positioning is, in heaven with him we're living on this earth so we live in the like we're, it's like we can literally have heaven encounters because that's where we're seated at in the spirit guys this stuff used to ex get a lot more excitement i don't I, I hope that you're taking it in the, the lord is trying to bring us into awareness of the, the heaven realm that you're already seated in. The eyes of our hearts have veils over them. But when the Lord lifts the veil and you see what's already there, where you already are, you're like, oh my gosh, this is way better than what I thought. It's already there. You, you could walk into a room with your eyes closed and miss everything that's going on there because you have no clue. But when you open your eyes and you see you're in an arcade, it's like, oh, man, let me pull out my money. Oh, I didn't need the money. It's already been paid for. I can be here all day. 
Like, it's way better than that. But my point is, like, if we don't know what's there, we're not going to have the experience of it. But when the Lord, it's like I see this eye. It talks about him opening the eyes of our hearts. It's like eyelids are closed. You don't see. Open your eyes, and the veils are removed. You're, you're then seeing something that was already there. The Lord wants to show us this. When we know that, we can walk on this earth knowing that that is more real than this is. We can affect change here because we're functioning from a more powerful kingdom. We're conduits from heaven to earth. Hallelujah! Awesome. We, we are the victors. You could be a victor and never have victory if you don't know that you're already the victor. There are people who, who still live in prison cells in the spirit, think they're all bound up, and the Lord has already come and broke down the door, already unleashed the chains, but they're still laying there with that stuff around them because they don't look and see what he's already done. But he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And there's so much more, but we've got to understand it so we can get up and push ourselves into this. God's doing things right here in Carmel and Hamilton County and Marion County and central Indiana and Indiana and the Midwest. Like there's, there's more than that's already happening in the tangible realm that, that we moved here to be a part of to help see it actually get manifested, and we want to see heaven come to earth, and I want you guys in this with us. We're going somewhere, amen? I want you guys stand so I can close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I ask you to awaken our spirits to the core, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord God, I, I pray that you will show us, Lord God, the greatness of you and your kingdom that's already in us, Lord. Already in us. Show us, Lord God. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to light fires in people's hearts that will make us never the same again. In the name of Jesus, Lord, never the same again. Thank you, Lord. Show us what you're doing. Help us to learn how to fully engage. And I ask you for transformation for us from the inside out. No more passive Christianity. Full engaged with you and your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.